bringing to you the stories that have never been told, the news that has yet to unfold, and the voices you have not heard. This is the Caribbean Cannabis Channel, where we meditate and educate on all things ganja within the Caribbean region, with your host, Prophet Nati. Okay, bless greetings everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Caribbean Cannabis Channel. As you all know, we, we tend to go around the archipelago and even on the mainland territories trying to get a gauge of what's happening within the cannabis industry across our region. And today we have a special guest, um, a busy schedule, so we, we do thank, thank her for taking the time out to come in and share what's happening in Barbados. And we have the CEO of the Barbados Medical Cannabis Licensing Authority, Senator Shikchinika Roberts. Senator, how are you today? I am good. It's Shanika. How are you doing? Shanika. Okay, accents and different pronunciations, because in my country, <laughs> we would say Shanika. So, Shanika, thank in, you for in the correction. In ours too. But you know how it is. You got to do your own thing. <laughs> Lovely. So, well, we know we know the schedule is always intense, and there are so many things that we would love to ask. But to, to really jump into it, I, I want you to just give us a brief introduction as to what the BMC really is, and where where does your role as CEO really fit into this? So, the Barbados Medicinal Cannabis Licensing Authority, or the BMCLA. Is the regulatory authority in Barbados. Our role is to set out the parameters for the industry, to monitor and control the industry. Um, we are a regulator and not a facilitator. So we're really about regulating, making sure everyone's following the requisite rules and that medicinal cannabis is being grown in Barbados to the correct standards. And there is no divergence as it relates to the actual product. So that's what we do. Um, as it relates to my role, my role is really one on a policy level and on a practical level. So I, my staff has a, a fair good understanding that I, I'm not going to ask them to do things that I wouldn't do myself. So I deal with the policy about how we go about what we do um, and your kind of rules or changes as it relates to the guidelines that we issue for the industry. I also handle final approval of licensees. If there are any kinds of warnings to be issued to licensees, any kinds of issues within the industry and the interactions between the industry itself and between the BMCLA and all of our regulatory partners throughout the government and throughout the general business atmosphere of Barbados. Okay, so you would have made mention of being a regulator, not a facilitator. So for those who may not necessarily understand the difference between the two, how, how are they different? Okay, so our role is to regulate the industry. We deal with policy and procedure. Um, a facilitator is more an individual whose job it is to link you to create various relationships between you and other persons. So Invest Barbados is a facilitation organization. Their role is to find opportunities and introduce individuals to those opportunities. Our role is a regulator. Now, the reality is um, the cannabis industry in Barbados is very, very new. It's, it's, it's a little baby right now. So we try our best to help where we can, as long as we are staying within our role as a regulator. So we do try our very best to help um, our licensees and our applicants along the process because we, like all Barbadians, want to see the industry succeed. But we are very clear to point out we are a regulator, not a facilitator. 
Okay, I, not to stress on this, but seeing as how you all are mainly a regulator at this point, are there any plans for you all to shift into being a facilitator or as opening a separate branch to assist in that regard? At this very moment, no. But one of the things that we've done, as I indicated, within the boundaries of what we're allowed to do, we have tried our best. So what we did is we opened up a, we hired a customer liaison officer. Now her role is to be able to answer all the questions any licensees may have. Her role is also to communicate with them, to walk them through the process and any issues or questions that she can answer, she then brings to one of our other officers. Additionally, one of the things that we did is we created a lot of relationships with the other regulatory bodies within the region um, and within Barbados. So when our licensees, so we try to smooth the way for our licensees. So we have a very strong relationship with our plant protection department because we know that our licensees have to go there in order to import any clones or tissue culture they may be doing. So we've created a strong relationship there. We walk them through the process so that when our licensees have an issue, we know who best to direct them to and how to connect them. So we are regulator, but we do where we can within the boundaries of regulating some kind of linking and trying to create a healthy space for those who may want to um, come in, those licensees and applicants. Because we understand it's a new industry, as I indicated, and everything is not going to always be rosy. So we've created strong relationships with customs um, so that when you're bringing in things if as an applicant or a licensee, there is a relationship there. We know how to direct you and how to facilitate that relationship. We have a very strong relationship with Kaipo, and that's the business registration department here. So even in that way, we can assist as long as it stays within the boundaries of regulatory need. Okay, that, that's awesome because a lot of times when people just hear you know, a regulatory body, they just think rules, 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 and someone who is not flexible. So it's, it's good to hear that you're, although you'll focus on regulations, you'll also do your best to work within the boundaries, as, as you said, uh, assisting, facilitating. One of the things I wanted to expand on, you would have made mention, is in terms of working and partnering with other entities. So in terms of doing so, what are some of the entities that you all actually partner with and or entities that assist you all in the regulatory process? Sure, no problem at all. So we have an MOU with the police. You, you'll, you'll imagine it's really important for the police to be your partners in this process, for them to understand what you're doing legally, for them to know which cannabis farms are legal um, so that they don't go about <laughs> tracing up anything that is actually legal. So that's important as well. Um, we have a really uh, good relationship with Kaipo, as I indicated. We have a good relationship with the cooperatives department because cooperatives are part of where we see the opportunity for the average Barbadian who may not have access to a huge amount of capital to be able to band together and come into the industry and have a great platform through which they can be successful. So we've developed a really close relationship with the cooperatives department in Barbados. We have a really tight relationship with BNSI, Barbados National Standards Institute, because we also understand that part of the, the advantage that you will have and the need is that if you're going to grow something that's going to go into someone's body, it needs to be of standard to be able to do what it should be able to do. And they're international standards. I know you know EU standards are some of the highest you could possibly um, attain. Now, we're not looking at doing EU standards, but we have created standards that will ensure that anything created in Barbados 
is of sufficient quality and should do good and not harm to anyone's body. Um, we also have a tight relationship with TVET, Technical and Vocational Institution in Barbados, and they have helped us to create a training course for cannabis cultivation. I believe it's called Cannabis Cultivation Medical Grade, Grades 2 and 3. And we will be launching awesome. that with an, a local institution to be able to teach that um, so that locals can have an opportunity to have certified qualifications in terms of teaching and growing in medicinal cannabis. And that's important too. Um, so we have a lot of those kinds of relationships. We have a really good relationship, as I indicated, with the Plant Protection Department within the Ministry of Agriculture. We have a really good relationship um with the pesticides department because it's really important as i indicated for things we need to make sure things are growing to correct standards and pesticides and and herbicides and fertilizers are all parts of that kind of ecosystem of making sure what you're putting into the plant which will end up in somebody's body is of sufficient standard and so those are some of the relationships we're building other relationships and we have a really good relationship with invest barbados um, we want to build our relationship with our Ministry of Tourism here because we do an um, BTMI, Barbados um, Tourism Institution, Marketing Institutions, because we want to be able to bring them on board because that next step, as most Caribbean countries will tell you, part of our financial, uh, our economy is tourism. And we want to make sure that while we're building the other leg, which is medicinal cannabis, we're also linking those legs to make sure that there's cross pollination of as many access to 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 new streams of revenue for Barbadians. And so we're going to make sure that we get that on board as well. First, let me say I love the, the use of the cross-pollination. I, I believe it was a pun <laughs> that you use um, because we're dealing with cannabis and then tying into it. <laughs> so that, that, that was cool. What I want to actually pull on a bit is something of interest a lot of people have, and even myself. Well, you spoke about the educational courses, the in terms of allowing your local population to now understand how to actually deal with the plant from a legal perspective, so that you can create quality products for for consumption. Uh, when you all do, I know that it's not up and running as yet. I know that you all do online courses, but when those courses are actually set in place, is it specifically for the Barbadian population, or if you are a member of a CARICOM nation, you will also be able to access this if it is online. So those programs will be in person. We will not be doing them ourselves. It will be one of our premier educational institutions in Barbados. Um, so those will be in person. Now, if you're going to be in Barbados in person, you are feel free, if you are from CARICOM, to apply to that institution, and they will then deal with um, who gets into the program and in terms of the training and stuff like that. I know that we, what we have done for ourselves at BMCLA is in the interim, we put on several courses that we've done online. We have our cannabis crash course, which is now in term two. Um, there will be a term three and we'll be issuing certificates um, based on that particular course. But those we've done online. We've also done some other kinds of training that we have done during the course of our existence. Um, we've had a master grower that came in to meet with individual smaller groups here. We would have previously done online courses as it relates to the application process, as it relates to how do you go about getting involved in the industry and what is involved in the industry. Um, we would have also held some more online seminars as it relates to 
cultivation, and that would have included international and regional persons. Um, we've also included one that was done manufacture slash processor. That would have included a lot of persons out of Jamaica and St. Vincent and Canada who would have been able to offer um, their experience and some guidance on those ends. Um, so that is what we have offered previously. But as it relates to that particular program, that will be done through, as I indicated, an educational institution. It will be a face-to-face program. And they will be handling the intake as it relates to that. But there is no anticipation of limiting that to only Barbadians. It will be limited limited to those who are um, who have CARICOM, who would have CARICOM and are in Barbados under adequate standing. I'm sure it will be open to them as well. Okay, lovely. That I'm looking forward to that. I hope that I will be in Barbados at that time because I'm just looking to gain a wealth of information and knowledge so that I could apply it within the industry in whatever shape or form that is. So looking forward to see where you'll go with that well, partnership. Actually, on that same point, we've actually put that where our local TVET institute will be putting that standard forward to become a Caribbean standard so that the course can be put on throughout the Caribbean countries. Awesome. Lovely. I, I don't want to like ask too much to get too much information at this time, but you say premier institution and as a UV alumni, <laughs> I could only hope that it's UV <laughs> that you'll be putting will part be partnering one with. One of our premier institutions. One of but okay. we do have an MOU with UWE, and we have been working together with UWE steadily on a mm-hmm. number of things. Um, they will be receiving a research and development license. They've recently submitted all their documentation. So Cave Hill Campus will be looking for a research and development license, and we already have an MOU with them that will also cover a research as it relates to the social aspects and a, a number of other projects. And they actually have a free online course that they have um, through Cave Hill online system that speaks towards um, an introduction to medicinal cannabis on a higher level. Bobby, this is always seen as one of the more progressive countries within the region. And hearing you speak about where the industry will end up um, is very promising and it's it's pleasing to the ears um, at the moment. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where you will go. And I recently, well, I got the newsletter that you all celebrated your second second anniversary so congratulations to you all on that second anniversary and what what does the future apart from what you would have just shared what does the future for the cannabis industry in Barbados look like if you were to say the end goal from your position right now the end goal from my position right now is to have cannabis um, grown in Barbados that is grown to such efficient standard that we can create a brand that can branch off and launch into the rest of the world. Um, in Barbados, it is it means having Barbadians who have access to locally grown um, cannabis um, for medical purposes. And what I'm hoping will actually be much cheaper cannabis. It means creating that linkage throughout the Caribbean um, as it relates to our other regional brothers and sisters, um, we have started having really good relationships. I have an amazing relationship out of Jamaica and out of St. Vincent. Both authorities have been really, really good to us um, and in terms of working together. And there are a number of other um, authorities that we meet with. So far, we've met for the past two years, um, once a year in varying locations to kind of discuss where the industry is heading. 
in Barbados specifically, I want to be able to see several of our retail distribution facilities, which are really therapeutic facilities, opened. And I'm hoping to at least have two open this year, up, open, running, and welcoming Barbadians and tourists alike. And to make sure that this industry, through all its various forms, adds another leg to the table that is the Barbadian economy. That is what we are aiming for, that whatever we do is for the health and wealth of Barbadians. Great. I, I know that you have the support of your regional brothers and sisters in attaining that, that goal for, for Barbados. Because as one, as one wins, we all win in the long run. At least I, I see it so, and I hope many of our other regional citizens see it, see it as yes. that. And in terms of partnering now with um, the CLA out in Jamaica and St. Vincent and the Grenadines, what are some of the projects that you all may have worked on previously in terms of assisting each industry in their respective countries? St. Vincent would have come over. Their um, chief operating officer, Mr. Tyrell Mapp, has been an amazing help. And he would have come over very early in our in our infancy to kind of talk to us about their experiences and to help us with how we're framing that out. Um, and he's been a really, really good help. Um, actually, some of our officers are actually going down to St. Vincent um, shortly to be able to observe some of their officers um, and to have that kind of regional scope um, to see how, how everybody does something differently. In Jamaica, their, uh, their minister who is currently in charge of cannabis has been a great, great um, help to us and a great, great friend in terms of giving us, talking to us about their experiencing, giving us tips and and, and some guidance. Um, we've actually had one of our officers go down to Jamaica to visit some of their their facilities and to get a good idea and been able to transfer some good knowledge with regard to that. And so we are looking at it and not only here, we are also within the region. We also have to look at how cannabis is being treated on the international market. Um, while we in the Caribbean are looking at how do we engage in the industry while still abiding by the INCB rules, others in Europe and in, in the centers of power on an international level are having discussions about how they're treating to cannabis and what kind of rules they're going to be setting for cannabis in the long term on the global scale. And one of the things that we have been able to do as Caribbean persons in conjunction with partners um, out of, of those places have been able to kind of monitor how they're talking about cannabis. And so when one of us isn't there, some of us have others who are there at the table who are able to speak up for Caribbean persons. And that is critical. And I know a lot of people talk about this flying back and flying out of, of various individuals at various stages, um, leaving our region and having to go to these places. But it's critical because at the end of the day, the rules on an international level aren't made here. They're made there. And unless you're there to have that conversation, to kind of pipe up and to speak up and to advocate for your region and for your country, you're left out of the game. And it's one of those things that my prime minister leads us very ably in, in understanding that you have to be there and you have to get in their face and you have to, to speak truth to power and make sure that your voice is being heard. And so that is one of those aspects that in small ways, the Caribbean region, St. Lucia, our brothers in Grenada who are now starting up, our brothers in Antigua, um, we've been able to meet 
um, at various points and been able to continue to develop and push for us to kind of work together to make our voice heard on that end. And there's still a lot more work to do. That isn't something that ever ends um, and you can never do it completely enough. But that is something that we're we're continuing and striving towards. All right, lovely. I, that's very a great summary, really and truly, because as you said, we need to be able to position ourselves, not just as a region, but also to match international standards because we just don't want to limit ourselves to what's within the region. We also want to cater to a global a global market. And what I would encourage you and the other members to do is say, please give a push to, to my fellow Trinidadians because I'm not too sure what has been taking place, but we need everyone to sort of be on the same page or assist in terms of pushing that, that yeah, global Trinidad actually movement. had invited us and we were able to sit in and offer them some of our own thoughts um, and experiences. I think they had a parliamentary kind of meeting. And so there would have been representatives from a few of the Caribbean countries who were there to kind of offer some some assistance in terms of what we've been able to experience and how our rules are kind of structured. So I'm sure that they are are working on it. And I'm I, I am hopeful that they will be able to come to you guys with something. Um, I, I am hopeful too. I am hopeful too. <laughs> not not to pry too much, but this is very interesting because I'm a I'm a big regionalist and I'm a huge supporter of CARICOM, CSME, and other regional movements of similar nature. Is there some future plans for it, for there to be a entirely regional body dedicated to Cannabis regulation facilitation. I know that we had the marijuana commission, but that was several years ago. I'm not too sure if they still meet in terms of seeing how the region will move forward. But is there anything of the sort still in play or going to develop in the future? Well, I had the opportunity to meet with um, Dr. Antoine at one of those regional kind of conversations with our friends out of Jamaica, St. Vincent, and some of the other places in the Caribbean. It would be an excellent. Are there concrete plans right now to do so? No. Um, I think what we're working on now is how can we harmonize while still staying true to our individual perspectives? And that may seem like a dichotomy, but it's it's the Caribbean experience. I mean, we all have to say we took the same trip or the same ship. We just stopped at different places. But those different places have developed in different ways. Um, and anybody who that switches has, between countries has. will tell you the same thing. You know, we love each other, but we're not all the same in all kinds of ways. <laughs> um, so it's one of those things that we're working on and we're continuing to have conversations. I think some of the other regions, regional locations are further advanced in terms of that harmonization, harmonization goal versus Barbados. Ours are a little different, <laughs> which is due to sometimes we're just a little different and we operate a little <laughs> differently. Um, but we, we are looking to see where we can find that kind of cohesion and still maintain our particular perspective, societal perspectives. And that is where we're still working on. But as for one big, you know, cannabis organization for the region no not quite yet but time will right, lovely well i'm looking forward to it and well you all seem to be going on the on the right track thus far so i guess as you said it's only a matter of time and time will will tell as we wind to the closing we always m try to move more from 
the organizational or the industry perspective and sort of you know we all of us are people we are human so there will always be that human component to it so as a ceo of a cannabis licensing authority how does a day in your life look like because i'm sure there are many people who may have aspirations of being a ceo whether it be in a licensing authority or within some shape or form of a cannabis company what does that look like and give us a, a entail to that i'll tell you the, th- the truth my program administrator loves to say um uh, uh, predicting predicting my life is is is, is uh, <laughs> a difficult skill if you were attempting to mostly because various aspects of my life sometimes will crop up in various ways i am a senator i'm also ceo here and that kind of mixed together can create its own perfect kind of storm if we're going to the details i get up in the morning i usually do a pre-get up so i get up at four <laughs> Um, I might fall back to sleep, but there's a hard alarm that says get up at five <laughs> and get out of the bed. So I get out of the bed, most likely somewhere between four and five o'clock. I press, husband does dinner, does breakfast. Um, I drive him to off to his office. I come to my office. I usually have like a morning meeting with my program administrator. Like what are, what's the status of anything? Has anything changed per our conversation the previous day? Try to get through some of the administrative needs with him. Um, look into any licenses that I have that are going on during that point in time and any kind of issues that we need to kind of address, not just necessarily from a licensing perspective, but also from an application perspective, also from an inter interagency conversation, because we've always got a project going on and something that needs to be done. Any kind of requirements that come down from the Ministry of Agriculture, about what needs to be done there. I usually have to leave <laughs> to go to another meeting after office. So on Mondays, I have what people would call parliamentary group meetings. So I have to meet with all the other individuals. And that can go from anywhere from 5.30 to 8 o'clock to sometimes 11 at night. <laughs> um, so it depends on what day we're dealing with. On Wednesdays, I'm, I if it's Senate is in, then I have Senate. Um, so I'm there usually from the start to whenever the close of Senate business. It sometimes can be early, but most of the time is well after dark. <laughs> so those are the heavy days. Some days it, it's it's like some days you can you can do a a an eight thirty to four o'clock day and feel pretty good. Some days it's gonna be long. <laughs> Well, we we are getting that human component, and I thank you for sharing because I, I as well I set my alarm for a specific time. Then I get up and I was like, wow, my bed is so warm. Let me take an extra five. You know, but we, we have to get up at a certain time with the next alarm. <laughs> so that's, that's good because we, we usually would hear CEOs and senators and think, wow, these people are perfect or they have to do things in a different manner from us. But we're all humans, as, as I said. So 35, I am well within the era of this is the truth. <laughs> this is how life kind of runs. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, we we appreciate the truth. We appreciate the truth, and I think each and every one should embody that that principle of speaking the the truth as best as they they can. You know, sometimes it's it's difficult to do so, but whenever you get the opportunity to, you should speak the truth. I certainly do. Um, my very best. I love it. And lastly, when you are not being a senator, you're not being the CEO of the licensing authority. Well, what do you do in your spare time for 
relaxation or enjoyment? I love to read. I, I really do love to read. And during my spare time, I like to read things that are fun to read. So I have been, I am a lifelong lover of romance novels. Don't judge me. Do not judge. Okay. Lifelong lover. <laughs> no judgment. No judgment. <laughs> I like to do community projects. I'm, I try to be very active in terms of various projects that are going on um, from a, a level of political level because people often think of politics as the speeching and as the knocking on doors for votes but a lot of politics is about doing community projects it's about reaching out and seeing where you can help um so i do quite a bit of that when the time does afford me which is not always but when it does afford me i try to spend a lot of time with my husband who unfortunately does not often get a lot of my time so where I do have spare time I try to spend time with him lots of nieces and um, cousins and um, and um, godchildren so I try to spend some time with them as well okay lovely uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of reading too some some romance novels are are pleasing especially when it has a Caribbean perspective to it uh, it's more relatable and enjoyable that way because Hearing the way that we speak in our different dialects and how we would say things, it's it's always amusing, it amusing really to hear. Is. So of, I support you on that one. One of the best one. things, one of the best experiences, and I, I truly love it when I do get the opportunity to experience, is to be in a place that is totally, totally alien. But to suddenly hear someone break out in a Caribbean accent, it brings such a smile to my face. It lights it really you up. Does. It, it really does. So seeing that in print... And seeing that on TV and seeing that in spaces where people don't expect to see us should always bring something to our hearts. And we should continue to make sure to represent and to be allowed to do that. I, I Last year, I had the really great opportunity to be voted as, um, <laughs> as one of the top 100 people of African descent in the world under the age of 40. And that was a really chilling Wow, congrats. <laughs> But that was a really thrilling experience for me, not only to be able to do that. Um, it was a bit of it myself and um, Mr. Jonathan Reed, the Prime Minister's Chief of Staff. And we got the opportunity to be in New York among a lot of people of African descent, a lot of them from America, a lot of them from Africa. Um, and there were so few from the Caribbean that we've continued to try to maintain those relationships and the, those we did see there were so incredible and so fascinating and had such a breadth of things they've been able to do in the world that it was really inspiring. So, yeah, I love the fact that we as Caribbean people are continuing to branch out into the world. And so I enjoy it and I hope to hear more Caribbean voices in strange places. Same, same. And congrats to you and the others who would have made that top 100. I feel like I'm speaking to, well, I am speaking to a celebrity if you're in the top 100 oh. out in the world. So thank well, you for gracing us with your presence. Thank you it really and truly has been a great pleasure. You have left me more inspired. Um, you have filled me with your passion because I'm hearing the passion behind what you are speaking about. And you seem connected to your work, not just with the Cannabis Licensing Authority, but on your different career paths and even with your family life. And I think each and every one of us should 
work in terms of embody, embodying those characteristics, right? So before we do close, is there anything that you would like to leave with, with the listeners? I would say this. Um, there are opportunities. I'm, those opportunities are there to be found. Anybody who wants to get involved in the medicinal cannabis industry in Barbados can feel free to give us a call. Go on our website. That's www.bmcla.bb. Um, we are always willing to have our conversation, always willing to engage. We understand that nothing is perfect. And as I continue to say, we are not all-knowing, nor are we all-seeing. We are never going to tell you that we have this perfectly covered. And we are always willing to make changes and adjustments as we go forward. But we have to go forward, and we have to do so together. Um, and I understand that not everybody is going to be happy, but I my aim is to bring this to fruition for Barbados. And so we are looking for partners, anyone who is willing to bring this forward for Barbados, we are here for and our applicants and our licensees understand this and any investors who may be interested can feel free to give us a call. And there you have it, www.bmcla.bb and reach out there. As I have done, they are very open to um, having conversations. They are very open to assisting and you could see throughout their content on their website as well as their social media um, that they are, as they say they are. So do yourselves a favor if you're in Barbados and you want to learn more about it and get in, in more involved, take the time and reach out for more information and learn more about the medicinal cannabis industry. So, Senator Roberts, again, it has been a tremendous pleasure having this conversation and definitely would not be the last, you know, probably in a different shape or form. Probably when I'm actually in Barbados, I'll be able to see more of what is happening and actually interact in person. That would be wonderful. Again, everyone, thanks for tuning into the Caribbean Cannabis channel. I'll see you on our next episode. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Caribbean Cannabis channel. Be sure to like and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook so you don't miss out on any of the exciting news happening across the region. Until next time, remember to meditate and educate.